Just because it all adds up doesn't make it true. The Monday Morning Memo for January 14th, 2019. When someone says, figures don't lie, know this. Figures lie and liars figure. Never trust a weasel with a calculator. Do you remember the mortgage meltdown of 2008 and The Big Short, the movie that was made about it? There's a scene in that movie where investors Mark Baum and Vinny Daniel go to visit Georgia Hale, an employee of the ratings agency Standard & Poor's. So, all righty. Front point partners. How can Standard & Poor's help you? Well, we don't understand why the ratings agencies haven't downgraded subprime bonds since Mm. the underlying loans are clearly deteriorating. Well, the delinquency rates do have people worried, but they're actually within our models. So, says you. You're convinced the underlying mortgages in these bonds are solid loans? That is our opinion, I'll yes. crack the tape. Have you looked at the loan level data? What do you think I we mean, do you're giving here these loans day? to anybody with a, with a credit score Excuse and a pulse. Me, sir, what do you think we do here all day? I'm not sure. That's why we're here. Here's what I don't understand. We check, we recheck. If these we mortgage bonds are so stable, if they are so Perhaps solid... You check your friend, hmm? Have you ever refused to rate? That's delusional. Georgia, have you ever refused to rate any of these bonds upper tranches AAA? Can we see the paperwork on those? Oh, deals? I'm under no obligation to share that information with you. Just to answer the be. question, Georgia. Can you name one time in the past year where you checked the tape and you didn't give the banks the AAA percentage they wanted? If we don't give them the ratings, they'll go to Moody's right down the block. If we don't work with them, they will go to our competitors. Not our fault. Simply the way the world works. Holy Ah. shit. Yes, now you see. And I never said that. It seems to me the principal difference between the unregulated world of subprime loans and the unregulated world of online marketing is that there is no way to short the world of online ad fraud. There's no way to make a profit by exposing and ending it. In a widely circulated news column published the day after Christmas, 2018, reporter Max Reed asked and answered an important question. How much of the Internet is fake? Studies generally suggest that year after year, less than 60% of web traffic is human. Some years, according to some researchers, a healthy majority of it is bought. For a period of time in 2013, the Times reported this year a full half of YouTube traffic was, quote, bots masquerading as people, end quote. A portion so high that employees feared an inflection point after which YouTube systems for detecting fraudulent traffic would begin to regard bot traffic as real and human traffic as fake. In late November, the Justice Department unsealed indictments against eight people accused of fleecing advertisers of $36 million in two of the largest digital ad fraud operations ever uncovered. Take something as seemingly simple as how we measure web traffic. Metrics should be the most real thing on the Internet. They are countable, trackable, and verifiable. And their existence undergirds the advertising business that drives our biggest social and search platforms Yet not even Facebook, the world's greatest data-gathering organization, seems able to produce genuine figures. 
In October, small advertisers filed suit against the social media giant, accusing it of covering up, for a year, its significant overstatements of the time users spent watching videos on the platform. By 60 to 80 percent, Facebook says. By 150 to 900 percent, the plaintiffs say. In response to that story, former Reddit CEO Ellen Powell tweeted, It's all true. Everything is fake. All mobile user counts are fake. No one has figured out how to count logged out mobile users, as I learned at Reddit. Every time someone switches cell towers, it looks like another user and inflates company user metrics. Also in response to that story, Aram Zuckerscharf tweeted, The numbers are all effing fake. The metrics are bullshit. The agencies responsible for enforcing good practices are known bullshitters, enforcing and profiting off all the fake numbers, and none of the models make sense at scale of actual human users. Zuckerscharf is director of ad tech at the Washington Post. But none of this is surprising or even new. Two years ago, at the annual convention of the Interactive Advertising Bureau, a business organization that develops industry standards, conducts research, and provides legal support for the online advertising industry. Mark Pritchard, CEO of Procter & Gamble, the largest advertiser on earth, said, We're all wasting way too much time and money on a media supply chain with poor standards adoption. Too many players grading their own homework. Too many hidden touches and too many holes to allow criminals to rip us off. We have a media supply chain that is murky at best and fraudulent at worst. We need to clean it up and invest the time and money that we save into better advertising to drive growth. Adopt one UAbility standard. Implement accredited third-party measurement verification. Get transparent agency contracts and prevent ad fraud. Yet, for many reasons, we haven't taken enough action to make a difference. Now, maybe one reason is that cleaning up the media supply chain is not really a very sexy topic. I mean, let's face it, it would be a lot more fun if I were up here talking to you about the latest VR experience than bot fraud. But maybe there's another reason, and I'm gonna make a confession, which may sound familiar to some of you. I confess that P&G believed the myth that we could be the first mover on all the latest shiny objects despite the lack of standards and measurements and verification. We accepted multiple viewability metrics, publisher self-reporting with no verification, outdated agency contracts, and fraud threats with a somewhat delusional thought that digital is different and that we were getting ahead of the digital curve. We've come to our senses we realize there is no sustainable advantage in a complicated, non-transparent, inefficient, and fraudulent media supply chain. Mark Pritchard looked the Interactive Advertising Bureau in the face, much like Mark Baum looked the ratings agency Standard & Poor's in the face during The Big Short. I bring these things to your attention only to suggest that you be extremely careful when evaluating marketing opportunities. I've heard the stories of exciting success being created through online marketing, and I've investigated a number of those stories to see what they have in common. The denominator I found to be most common was that the big winners 
have remarkably high profit margins, with 18-time and 20-time markups being typical. This is because it takes a 20-time markup to fund a cost of marketing that exceeds 30% of sales. Am I suggesting that you avoid online marketing? No, I am not. I am merely suggesting that an enthusiastic, true believer in online marketing may not be the best person to entrust with your ad budget. I don't get involved in the selection of online media. Instead, I've partnered with knowledgeable, experienced online marketers who know how to separate fluffy data from hard facts and whose basic nature is to be quietly, politely suspicious of everything they are told. I can put you in touch with them if you like. As for me, I'm continuing to invest heavily in broadcast radio ads and broadcast television ads. And based on the business growth I witnessed last year, anyone who says that radio ads and TV ads don't work anymore has been woefully misinformed. Roy H. Williams As I was falling asleep in the recliner next to the wizard while he was writing, I saw him type the title of the next Monday morning memo. It said, Simple, but not easy. I was only able to read one line before I nodded off. It said, quote, There is, to my knowledge, only one way to profitably put the power of the internet to work for you. End quote. I'm sort of interested in hearing what he thinks it is. Aren't you? Indy Beagle. Oh, and, you know, if you're only listening to the Monday Morning Memo... Oh, you're really missing a whole lot of stuff that's in the rabbit hole. So you got to go to mondaymorningmemo.com, scroll to the archives to this one, January 14th, 2019, click the picture at the top of the page, and you're diving into lots of things, my friend. Aru. On this week's episode of Monday Morning Radio, roving reporter Rotbart conducts a piercing self-interview, revealing how to win the attention of influencers. Do you need to win the attention of the media or some influential person? Rothbart says there are only three things you need to know. His explanation will begin the moment you arrive at mondaymorningradio.com.